Welcome to Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy, and I'm in for Rob McCoy. I get to solo host this thing uh, today um, in his absence while he's out um, saving the Republic on tour, running around getting uh, getting pastors to wake up along with Turning Point Faith or TP USA Faith. Anyway, um, so today I've got uh, a great guest and a guy who's quickly become a brother and a buddy of mine, and uh, this one's going to be a little rough, man. Um, I've got uh, Rob Garman with me. Garmong, right? Is that how I say hey, it? You know what? However you want to say it, Bryce. No, no, Close I got to say no, it right. Garmong's good. Garmong? Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, Rob, you are current law enforcement. Correct. We'll um, leave the agency out of it for yep, now. But. Yep, of course. <laughs> I'm smart that way. Um, uh, detective, right? Well, I'm assigned to detectives. I'm looking at picking up my promotion somewhere in this year. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, former U.S. Marine. Hoorah. I love it, man. Um, recently retired from the Marines, right? You oh, were, well, uh, National Guard. I did switch. Yeah, you, were, I did you, did, yeah you did Marines, National Guard, but you Correct. just uh, you retired as first sergeant. and Yes, right? sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, listen, the reason that we're having you on the show is because you went through a real tragedy, man. And uh, again, this one's going to be rough, but, uh, but your wife died um, and uh, really uh, was murdered by remdesivir, in my opinion. Correct. Medical malfeasance at its fullest. Yeah. So... Um, Brother, man, let's uh, let's talk about the story. Tell me your tell me your story and tell me what's going on, right. and uh, let's let's get to it. Absolutely, we can dive into it. First, though, you know, as Christians, I don't believe my wife is dead. I believe she still lives. Amen. And she's with Jesus because to be apart from Jesus, or I'm sorry, to be apart from your body is to be with Jesus. Yeah. So that's that's how I look at it. That's how my my three sons or our three sons and I get through it every day. Yeah, hell, you know, there's solace in that. So our oldest is ten. Okay. My middle son's eight, and then the baby he'll be uh, six in August. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that's rough. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so uh, tell us a story because, man, your your wife was, uh, she was a nurse. Right. She was fit. Certified um, personal trainer through Les Mills. So if you're yeah. familiar with Les Mills, that's a, that's yeah, a high-impact so, training course. So lay, lay out the story. Surely. So uh, we were shooting uh, B-roll and reels for her um, upcoming business. We'd be opening with our business partners and just a bunch of medical aesthetic stuff. So my wife worked in the, in the hospitals, worked in the ICU, worked in the specific COVID ward at a couple of different hospitals. She was actually headhunted from a hospital in Riverside to come work COVID with them because she was so good at her job at her local hospital. Um, around March, 2020, you know, they really got impacted by COVID. From March, 2020 to March, 2021, she was highly involved with COVID in the hospitals. Um, she did a lot of her own research. She did a lot of her own uh, information gathering. And come March, 2021, she decided she didn't want to be in the hospitals anymore. She was seeing current, trend, current trends that weren't favorable for patients. And then we started seeing a lot of the stuff in the news about people not getting vaccinated or now dying, right? But they weren't dying from well, COVID. Okay, when you go, she saw certain trends. What, what right, so, the you know, they, they, wanna, they, they want to intubate people that didn't necessarily need to be intubated. Right. You know, they want to sedate people and put them on ventilators. And uh, I've, seen, I've seen the episode with uh, Robert Yoho, the doctor, who said that um, hospitals get kickbacks, right, for every time they put somebody on a ventilator. Right. They get kickbacks when they use certain medications. They get kickbacks when people test positive for COVID, um, which isn't a stretch of the truth at all. It's absolutely true. That's what happens. So when my wife started seeing these patterns, um, the hospital she was working at, they told her, hey, you need to go get the flu vaccine before the COVID vaccine was even a thing yet, right? But everybody needs to go get the flu vaccine. This first year it was mandatory at her hospital. Well, my wife was pregnant in her first trimester, with what would have been another one of our children. 
Well, there's nothing that's ever been proven that flu vaccines are safe in first trimester. So my wife said, not going to do it. She was suspended. She was suspended for refusal to get the flu vaccine. My wife has done ample amounts of research on vaccines, knows right. all the adverse and negative effects that can potentially come from getting vaccines. Our children literally have measles, mumps, rubella, all separated, and right. don't have any boosters. Right. Yeah, but, we, we, did, we did that same kind of thing right. with, and, with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I have a, a common phrase we both say all the time about we were homeschooling before it was cool or mandated, right? Yeah. You yeah. and I, sometimes I hear you talking, and I think you're channeling me, and I'm sure it's the same thing for you when <laughs> yeah, we well, talk. Well, that's why we're friends. Yeah, man. absolutely, brother. Um, and, and by the way, uh, shout out to Robin Haker, who introduced us. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robin Haker, coach. Yeah, I love that, love that woman. And she's, she's, she's like, oh, yeah, you and Rob need to meet. Um, yeah, so... Um, for us in our family, so I, you know, I was not down with the um, anti-vaccine people, right? I saw the movement, and, right. I'm, and I'm saying, you know, let's go back uh, five years ago, six Correct. years ago, ten years ago. The Disney outbreak, right? Yeah, when when I, when I'm seeing all this stuff, and you know, these people, um, because at the time, you know, I'm thinking about it, like even when my girls were young, it was a little bit different, and right. my wife kind of fought that battle, and some of it, I was, you know, not not, you know completely um in the loop but i i had i had friends who i you know loved to death that were all you know i'm thinking okay they're the tin you know tin foil hat people right. and they're like you know we don't do vaccines and and my dad had polio when he was um two years old the polio vaccine had come out in 1950 and he just missed it because it wasn't prevalent throughout the united states at that point and you know he didn't get the vaccine and so he he got polio from an aunt or like a great aunt of his that okay. got sick and and he was exposed and he's a paraplegic you know and he's been you know uh, walking on crutches and and or in a wheelchair his entire life now Sorry my dad is no, um, don't even need to apologize for that. My dad is a is a maniac of right. the highest proportions and has lived such a full and awesome life. And he's right. just a, such an awesome dude and gets around and you know always has. And he's so independent. And we used to get. Uh, um, you know, strange looks as kids because we wouldn't be opening doors for him or anything right. like that because we didn't we didn't conceive of my dad as ever having a, a disability at all. Right. Um, but you know, so I'm taking that and I'm thinking, well, of course you need vaccines. What are you talking about? You know, if my dad had uh, the polio vaccine, he'd be walking. So you know, what are you idiots? Right. You know, and so I'm seeing, and it felt like a little bit of this cultish. You know, hey, we're we're anti-vaccine. Then, you know, I started to get a little bit more uh, into understanding what was going on. And I didn't realize that, okay, they're, you know, giving our kids, you know, 90 vaccines and, you know, a couple of shots sort of a thing. And they're bombarding them. And I'm realizing, okay, they're vaccinating them for things that are completely mild, that it just makes no sense. Or hepatitis C for a six-month-old. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. that, Because they're shooting up needles with... it makes no rational sense outside of, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, wanting, um, you know, this permanent source of revenue. Absolutely. So, you we, can know, get it, we can dive into that a little bit more, too, if you want. Yeah, yeah, we can we can go wherever we want to go with this. But um, uh, then, you know, um, on top of that reading and investigating more, once I uh, got to know Robert Kennedy's uh, organization right. and some of those things, then I started to see, okay, this is an evil cabal. Then you lay over the top of that, um, you know, what we've just experienced with vaccines Correct. and this, you know, clot shot and, you know, everything else that's going on and, and all, all of that. And, you know, one of my very best friends, you know, had a heart attack after getting the vaccine, you know, perfectly healthy firefighter, uh, you know, one of my jujitsu students. And, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, never, never had an issue, you know, in his life. And, you know, and then his department has a hundred guys out with similar issues. 
So you, you, you add all that up and it's like, okay, right. You know, even me as thick as I am, you know, I'm okay. Something's going on. Something, here. Something's going on. I mean, yeah. look at you, you, you and I are very, very close to the same age. We were in high school at the same time. You and I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to date us, yeah, yeah. but I mean, you do have a little bit more gray in your beard oh, than man, I do. Mine, yeah. Mine's but full white. How many of your friends or acquaintances or classmates had peanut allergies or allergies to egg or whey protein? Oh yeah, none. We didn't even know what that was, man. And, right. and now, everybody had uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right. for lunch. And now you yeah. look at vaccine stacks, right? These yeah. combo platter vaccines that they give kids now. Yeah. And now everybody's got peanut allergies and whey protein um, issues or egg protein issues because they grow these vaccines in eggs and they use derivatives of peanut oil to bind and adhere multiple complex levels of, of vaccines. Oh, interesting. One. Yeah, I didn't you know, know. So yeah. it, it just goes deep and deep. And my wife did all the research for all this stuff. Right, right. And as an RN, she had the history and the experience. But you and I have very similar stories, right? My dad, we grew up with my dad in a wheelchair from Vietnam injuries. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were thinking that anti-vaxxers were crazy too. We're like, yeah. what are you talking about? How, what do you mean you're not gonna get your kids vac- vaccinated? And we hadn't done it yet either. Um, where we stopped giving them vaccines, but we had already been ahead of the game enough to say, well, we're not going to be anti-vaxxers, yeah. but we're going to break up vaccines. We're not giving our, com- yeah, which our made combo sense. So we shots. We did that same thing. Yeah. Right, because yeah. that's what we got when we yeah. were kids. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we survived that. Seems like so we did right. that, and then we started finding out that they're not doing a separate uh, booster anymore. Everything's in one. You know, they my youngest son, uh, five years ago, they said, hey, we're going to give him the hep C, vac- or hep C shot. And I said, well, my son's not shooting up dirty needles and he's not hanging out on Skid Row with a bunch of yeah. paid for workers. And they didn't get the the gist of what I'm saying is my kid doesn't need hep C. So he didn't get it. No, they, they were had. trying to force it on my, you know, teen, my young, like preteen daughters at the time. And, right. you know, my and my wife was like, no, to the doctor. And, you know, the, his thing was, you know, you don't know that your girls are not sexually active. And my wife is like, uh, I do know that because right. we are with them and parenting them and they're not right. running off the parties and that we know where they are 24 seven. They're Absolutely. They're preteen, you know, girls, you know, we're not, uh, you know. And, and you're his, good parents, amen. Yeah, in this particular, we, we are, and we're paying attention, and we're right. fully engaged, and we're not uh, we're not silly, right? So right. we're not doing, you know, I'm not sending him to a bunch of, you know, overnight camping trips with a bunch of other knuckleheads, and, right. you know, things like that. We're, we're paying very close attention, so we know what's going on, and, and the doctor kind of, like, scoffed and rolled his eyes like oh yeah sure of course you know uh, but but no man we're a counterculture family we right. are not and i'm not there to amuse my kids and i'm not you know right. letting them be free-range children out there in the universe you know we're paying attention so Amen. i mean we're not helicopter anyway, parents we're, we're no. free range to some extent but not to the extent no i'm letting them my front, experience my front yard all that <laughs> stuff, but i know what's up and right, you know we, and we aren't having you know them spend spend the night at uh you know uh, uh friends houses where they got teenagers age boys right and, you exactly. know we're, i mean we're paying attention because i know what goes on and i'm you know savvy to this and i and right. i know these horror stories so well you and i also have the gift of discernment i well, believe you well, and i are both are pretty discerning when it comes to things that we know what well, should and shouldn't be well plus i mean listen you're you're a cop um you know you've seen a lot of terrible things Absolutely. and you know my capacity and what i've done i've seen a lot of terrible things right. you know and so you know we, we probably also have a little bit of suspiciousness and right. you know your situational awareness right that life experience definitely yeah. gives you situational awareness yeah so uh so meandering back over to the the primary su- uh, subject for the the purpose for this meeting is uh so my wife ends up leaving bedside care and she focuses primarily on her medical aesthetics. Right. So we're going to go into business and then this, this vaccine thing starts. Yeah. Medical you aesthetics. Know. Explain that uh, to so the audience. I think actually Dr. Yoho talked a little bit about it too. It's uh, it's more cosmetic stuff. So yeah, yeah. Botox, um, uh, injectables, yeah. you know, things that last, 
you know, three months or up to two or three years, stuff like that. And her, her primary yes. focus was on So she wasn't with, working with, you know, patients in hospital not anymore. settings anymore because Correct. she saw what was going on, right. which, you know, which I, I, you know, think she was right to make that move. Absolutely. And she was not, she was a non-confrontational person. The only right. time my wife would get confrontational is in defense of others. Right. You, you know, know, let's, let's put up just so people put it in context. I know you, you gave, uh, Andrew a couple of pictures, um, there you are. Is that uh, is that a wedding picture? No, that's actually uh, that's a long time ago. You see how young I look? Yeah, man. That was uh, one of our engagement photos. Oh, awesome! Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're a good looking guy, even with that beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you see the different right. phases of beards. All right? right, here's the whole crew. And there's the whole crew. This was just in November 2021. Wow. We went up to Utah to a Duck Creek for my oldest birthday. He wanted us to take yeah. out the RV and go uh, camping and fishing. Wow, what a he, beautiful family. Thank you. I appreciate that, Bryce. Uh, we didn't catch any fish that trip. <laughs> Sorry, it's about being together. It's about being anyway. together as a family, exactly. And now I got to do this, you know, without the matriarch. And as Christians, you know, that's a big yeah. goal. That's so, a big piece. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get that uh, get that story back. Right. So this is November. We roll into Thanksgiving. We roll into Christmas. Uh, the twenty third of December. We're shooting a bunch of reels for videos. We're going to put up on her YouTube channel for her brand, which was the Ravishing RN. Right. I mean, my wife was so so about helping other people right. she just tra- channeled it entrepreneur in, right she channeled it into this other thing with medical aesthetics i mean her license plate which i now uh as a tribune i like or memorial I, I now have it on my car but it says god's rn i'm sure you saw yeah, it. yeah i did too and yeah. that's a tribute to my wife um that's the plate she had on her cars for years right she she always had god first you know god family and then to benefit everybody else and, and be selfless in her service to other yeah. people whether it's bedside care medical aesthetics she used to get uh I wouldn't say in trouble, but she used to get talked to by our business partners because they'd say, you take too long with the injectables. You know, time is money. And she's like, well, this poor lady's like being yeah. emotionally abused by her husband and she wants to pour that out to me. She's developing a relationship. She's always. It's always about rapport with my wife and just Amen. being able to spread the word of God. So so December 23rd, we're shooting reels. Uh, we go into December 24th, Christmas Eve. I have to go to work and then I get held over on crazy overtime and I'm there until 6, 7 in the morning. My wife sends me a text message at 5 a.m on uh on christmas morning and she says hey i'm feeling really sick but she'd been up for 30 something hours christmas eve she'd actually gone to the gym my wife was a beast she worked out from 4 to 5 a.m mm. at the camp and then she'd go back and do 5 to 6 and then she'd leave about 5 45 to be home in time for me to go to work and this was like her her money through saturday wow six days a week so this this is important that I express how how physically active, fit, active as an athlete that right. she she was because right. this comes into play later on in the in this story. So jokingly, right? Because I mean, I was like jokingly, like, well, I hope it's not COVID. She goes, well, I hope so. I hope not too, right? And we were being completely just you know right. cavalier about it because we all know the stories about COVID it, we know for the real people. Yeah, we know the real stats. Right, right. It's not something to be afraid of. Right. So I come home. I get home around seven, eight, nine in the morning, whatever it was. Um, she lets me take like a two hour nap and then she starts dealing with the kids. She's not feeling very well. So like typical fashion, we, we open up all the presents. The boys are there opening their presents. I'm uh, I'm kind of laying on the floor, video recording everything. And my wife's laying on the floor next to me, but she's, she's not lethargic, but you can tell she's like, she's got body aches, body chills. Yeah, yeah. And she's really like, uh, she's really weak. She had absolutely zero fever, zero cough, a little bit of a sore throat. Um, her, her oxygen saturation levels were 99 or better. Right. 99%. Uh, her blood pressure was what it normally was, which was mid-90s over mid-60s, the high 60s. Right. And her heart rate was her standard, like, 68. Right. This is Christmas Day. We go into the 26th. And, oh, by the night of the Christmas, now the boys and I all feel the same thing. Right. So our eldest 
and my wife both have sore throats and all of us are body aches, body chills, and we're all feeling weak. We get to the 26th. We're all feeling pretty, pretty, pretty poopy at that time. I get up and I'm making food for everybody. I'm just working through it. Uh, by the night of the 26th, I feel better. My middle son and my youngest son feel better. Right. Now, my oldest did get like, I think, one set of boosters back in the day. So I'm like, I don't know if that has too much to play in it. But, but by the morning of the 28th, all four members of the male per- persuasion of my family, by the way, I don't have pronouns. I have nouns. Child of God. Those, that's my noun, right? And I, I, and I go with a Euro white, not Latin X, being that we're from Spain. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, Euro white. I, I'm just going off of some of the stuff that, you know, Ryan yeah, yeah, Ethan and, that other and Robert Yoho, sure. which are great guys, by the way. And I was listening to some of the stuff they're talking about, you're talking about. So I just want to clear that up. So on the morning of the 28th, everybody's better, except for, um, I think my oldest son still had like a sore throat, but nobody's weak. Nobody's anything right. anymore, right? My oldest son has a sore throat. My wife's like, I feel so much better. So what she does is she she gets up. She and by the way, uh, everybody tested negative at home for COVID. Right now, we later find out we did have COVID. At least I'm pretty sure we did, based on some other stuff. But but everybody tasted, tested negative, and you know, obviously, my wife, who administered COVID tests a thousand times in one year, knew what she was doing. So she takes the boys, and they figure, well, we just had a 24 hour flu, and that was around the same time that that that. 24-hour super flu is going around. So she takes the boys and they go and they uh, they return Christmas presents that, you know, people that we didn't need or that were double, triple presents and all that stuff. And then she does this thing where they go to Home Goods every year on the 26th, but she's doing it now on the 28th and uh, buys up all the, the stuff that didn't sell for Christmas decorations, right? It's a right, right, right. typical mom plan, thing to plan do. Ahead. Plan right, right, right. Trust me, our house is full of decorations. So the night of the 28th, everybody's fine. We have a dinner. We go to bed. The morning of the 29th now, uh, we wake up. I go to take the dog out. And then as I'm walking out the front picket fence, uh, Tristan or Landon, my oldest and my middle son, come running out. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Um, I think something happened to mommy. Um, she yelled for you real quick. And I think there's a problem. So I go. And what happened? Well, my wife had passed out. Oh, wow. So my wife's. Um, professional opinion is that she was dehydrated. Right. But what happens when she fell, she hit in a weird way between um, the sink and the wall, uh-huh. and she like cranked her neck, okay. and she had like a pinch something or another, and it hurt really bad. Right. So this is the first hospital visit. Well, when she goes to the hospital, obviously the first thing they do is they test for COVID. Right. Oh, you've got COVID. So then they put her in a tent that was wet and moist because if you remember that this last Christmas it was yeah. very wet and cold they put her in a tent with no heater no blanket anything and she's sitting there and they're like they're under the impression she has COVID and they put her in a wet moist tent with no form of protection from the inclement weather because when they asked her are you vaccinated being truthful and honest she said no I'm not vaccinated yeah so then they stick her in this tent with other unvaccinated people um fast forward a few hours they end up giving her two bags of IV and they say, well, because she wasn't hypotensive. She wasn't experiencing hypertension. She had no headache, no fever, no signs of COVID whatsoever at all. Right. But she was dehydrated, and they believe that that had caused her to pass out from dehydration, right? So they send her home after two bags of IVs, and they're like, hey, just rest up, this, that, and the other. So I had already called a doctor that we have in Orange County to get the COVID treatment. Because this is all starting to sound like, oh, maybe we do have COVID, right? And even if we've already recovered from it, let's be 
proactive, right? Yeah. So he, he gives us the treatment, right? The ivermectin, the, the Vitapax, all that good stuff. Right. Um, and we can get into ivermectin a little bit later too about emergency use stuff. But I start taking it. She tries to take it, but now she's so dehydrated, she can't eat anything without throwing up. So she's got to get fluids in her. This is all classic dehydration, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's um, classic dehydration. So now she can't keep anything down because she's not hydrated enough to keep it down. So she throws it up. And then later on that night, she passes out a second time. So I call back our doctor and I'm like, look, doc, she's passed out twice. And this is uh, going into the 30th. And he says, all right, well, let's monitor her. And if this continues and she's being hydrated, but you feel like she's not being hydrated enough, call me back. We'll work through it. So we get into the 30th and through the whole 30th, she's pretty much fine, but she feels faint at times but she's having a hard time drinking a lot of water because you know you get to a certain point of dehydration and now your body's just, it doesn't want to take water. So she's sipping on water with BCAAs yeah, throughout which, the yeah, day, right? So now, yeah. now we're doing branch chain amino acids. We're trying to get her so electrolytes any, up. Any salt and, and we're putting know, yeah. salt in for yeah. the acclimatization to maintain the water or retain the water, excuse me. Yeah. Now we get into the 31st. She passes out another time. And by the way, and what the hospital doesn't realize is I have a full documentary of every time I ran her vitals before, during, and after every time she ever passed out because we have a whole at-home kit that's connected to our iPhones and it shows that she never went hypotensive. Mm -hmm. This is also coming to play a little right. bit later. So we're on New Year's... Oh, I'm sorry, this is the 30th. I'm sorry, this is the 30th, not New Year's Eve yet. Um, this is the 30th that this is happening. So at about... So at 10 o'clock, like I said, I talked to the doctor. The doctor says, hey, you know, if, if she passes out again... We're going to have to take her, have an ambulance take her to the hospital. And at the hospital, have that doctor call me immediately. We need to tabletop this and figure out what's going on because maybe it has something to do with when she hit her neck. Maybe it has to do with, uh, you know, some kind of a, a bacterial thing. Like, we just need to figure it out. Right, right. And since I've been treating you guys, like, I need to talk to the doctor. We go to bed at like 9 30, 10 o'clock. You know, we're kind of. And early. that was your regular doctor that you were talking Well, he's, with, he's or... a doctor that was recommended to us because of COVID. Okay. For my employer. Right. right, we there's a there's a group of us that are not going to get vaccinated. Yeah, knocked down with their. And so we're not going to their doctors for anything. Right. So we go to our own private doctors, and since we have PPO, Blue Shield, or Blue Blue Cross, like right. we can do that, and we just pay our premiums and whatnot. So he was recommended to me by somebody. I went to him. Good guy. I I hold no animosity or remorse toward him at all. In fact, I've told him numerous times since this all happened that I think he's an amazing doctor. Right. Um, so and he, was do, he was doing the right thing. He was absolutely doing the right guy. thing. He's a good Christian guy. Okay. I, I I hold no no ill regard toward this doctor at all. I just leave his name out of this because I don't want yeah, yeah. people bothering no, no, him no, and stuff about sense. it. But um, so now it's 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 eleven o'clock at night. And my wife wakes me up and she says, "I think I'm gonna pass out again. Just call the ambulance." And this is her professional opinion that the doctor said go to the hospital. So she says call the ambulance. So I call nine one one. I go, "Hey, I need an ambulance here. My wife's extremely dehydrated." And she needs to go to the hospital and get IVs unless you can do it. So, or when the ambulance got there, I asked them if they can do it. They said, no, we can't administer an IV because she's not hypotensive. I said, well, how are her vitals? And they literally show me the run sheet, right? It's all on a computer though. Yeah. The, like an iPad. And they say, here's her run sheet. And again, she's like 68 heart rate. She's like 94 over 67 blood pressure. Right. And her oxygen saturation levels are like 98, 99%. Yeah. So on all those things, she's good. Yeah. She's got no fever, no headache. Right. Her sore throat's gone. She's just weak from dehydration. Right. Okay. 
they don't want to take her. They're like, we're not going to take her. And I'm like, well, I've seen this before, right? I mean, in my line of work, yeah. I've seen RAs, right? Rescue and ambulance does not want to transport because they want to go eat or go back to sleep because it's already 11 something. I said, look, man, I'm not trying to like get in the weeds about this, but our primary care physician regarding what we're being treated for right now, um, even though we've recovered, strongly encourages that we go to the hospital so she can get IVs. So if you're not going to give her an IV, yeah. she needs to go get an IV, but you don't send her to the hospital she went to last time. Yeah, I wish those guys could have just broken it out. Well, I wish they had, right? Well, had I known that we actually had IV bags in our garage in our prep stuff, Uh, because I'm I'm an old, you know, combat lifesaver guy, I would have just done it myself. But I didn't know. I found it. I just found out recently, actually, making room for for my car. So, but here's the deal. We're Christians. So you and I both know that regardless of any different circumstance, I would be sitting here with you right now, and my wife would still be sitting up there with Jesus. Yeah. Because... Your date's your date, and there's no change in that, no matter what. Yeah. So it would have just been a different situation or circumstance that led to where we are today. But it happened this way, and I think it's for a reason. Amen. And I think that's God's mission for me, right? Um, so they transport her, and they go to Pomona Valley, right? They're off of, like, Holt and Grand in Pomona. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't go because we have three small children upstairs in their rooms, and technically contact tracing. And I'm under the impression they're just going to go get IVs right. put in her, right, right, so she can get rehydrated and come right back home. Plus, our doctor had already told us that he was having bedside care come in the morning because he had concerns about her why she's passing out from dehydration and not retaining the water. His concern had nothing to do with COVID because we'd already recovered, and right. she wasn't showing signs and symptoms of COVID. Right. Um, and because she wasn't hypotensive, he no issues with the heart, right? He wasn't thinking anything about the heart because she's not hypotensive when she's passing out. Clearly signs of dehydration and going into some kind of like a dehydration, like a kind of like a, a dehydration stroke or something. Right. So she goes to the hospital. I call her parents. I send them to the hospital. So they get to the hospital and I'm getting updates from her dad through text and stuff that like everything's fine. Everything's looking good. Like not to no nothing to really be concerned about. Yeah. But then she's going to be staying overnight. No, no alarm bells. For right. And they'll be staying overnight. And then finally, I'm like, okay, so I don't need to get the kids situated just yet. I'll make arrangements at a more decent hour with either some of the neighbors or like our best friends. And then I'll shoot over there first thing in the morning, like five o'clock. So I start trying to get some sleep and I'm kind of finally in that like zone where you're not quite asleep, but you're kind of just resting Mm -hmm. because you're anticipating, you know, not getting a lot of sleep anyways. And um, I get a text almost 3 a.m. and all of a sudden it's like, or a phone call, excuse me. It was a text first, like, hey, I'm gonna call you right now. And then it was a phone call. And it's like super panicky and urgent. And my father-in-law is basically telling me like, she's taking a turn for the worse. They're worried about it. They're telling us I'll get back to the hospital. So at that point I call my neighbor. I go, dude, I'm sorry about the time. I need you to come watch the kids. I gotta go. So he's there within a minute and then I'm on the road and I'm, I'm heading to the hospital and I get there and they've already sedated and intubated my wife. So here's the odd thing, right? We have DNRs, do not resuscitate and one of our DNR clauses is no intubation. And by the way, for those that, that, that don't know, you don't have to have a DNR written because in the state of California, there is case law that stipulates that spouses yeah. have the ability to make we're, medical calls for each other. We're in charge. Yeah. Right. And so what ends up happening is even if a DNR is not written out because we didn't do that, because who's thinking about cracking the safe open to grab DNR paperwork on the way to the hospital in a situation like this? Right. Nobody is, right? So I got to the hospital and they're like, they've already intubated her. I'm like, well, who gave permission for that? And the doctor refuses to speak to me. He will not even like look at me longer than a second 
and he's always rushing right past me and brushing through the hallway. And I'm like, sir, we need to speak. Like, you and I need to have a conversation. And he's just, like, arbitrarily just doing whatever he wants, basically. Well, what I didn't know, and I'll, I'll refrain from mentioning who it was, but there's somebody in the hallway making these comments, right? When I first got there, I was wearing a cloth mask because we all know masks don't work. Shit. At best, if you have a KN95 and it's properly fitting and you just put it on, you might get some protection. Mar marginal. marginal. Marginal, at best, right? Yeah. And so somebody utters the words, because they, they tell me, like, oh, I need to put you in a KN95 because you're contact traced. It's my understanding you have COVID. And I'm like, listen, I don't care what you think I have. I could have, like, touch you AIDS. You, you, I'm not leaving this hospital. Right. She goes, no, no, I'm not going to ask you to leave. Like, here, here. And she gives me this KN95. And somebody utters, well, they don't believe in masks anyways. And I was like, well, that's not entirely true, but marginal at best, right? So I throw on the KN95, and then I'm like, hey, have you guys called our, our doctor yet? And then the same person screams out something about crackpot doctors mm. because he prescribes things like ivermectin and Vitapax. And then one of the uh, EKG techs or whatever he is starts laughing like, ha, 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 yeah, these crackpot doctors. So I'm already seeing what's happening here, right? Like, so now I have absolutely no clout in the hospital because it's already been prepped that I'm some Christian conservative, tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy loony theorist guy. So, right. so I keep trying to talk to the doctor. He won't talk to me. And 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 the the sad thing is they want our family members to die. Oh, absolutely. Because they do. we're the because enemy. Then that yeah that and that that plays into their narrative. Right. You know, it's like all those uh, a holes on. Um, uh, you know, online and social media that, you know, anytime any conservative opponent of these sort mm -hmm. of things, see, look, ah, I told you those fools, they right. deserve it. So that's sort of the mentality that they're coming It is. From. I mean, there's people actually who have gone out on social media and, and called for our, like, I hope they all get COVID and die. Yeah. You've seen those. Oh, yeah. And they're still on Twitter. Yeah. Meanwhile, I got kicked off for telling a blue check to go slap himself when he says some really outrageous and egregious things. Go figure. Promoting self-harm. Well, hopefully promoting self-harm. So... This doctor refuses to speak to me. I'm asking nurses, the charge nurse. I'm asking everybody, like, hey, has anybody talked to our doctor? They're like, oh, no. Uh, 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 he's tried to call a few times, but the doctor's too busy. So I asked him. I saw this male nurse. I go, excuse me, nurse. What the heck is going on with my wife? Because she's perfectly healthy. She's a certified personal trainer. She doesn't have issues. She's never had issues. I've known her a long time. Right. And she's never so much as had a, 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 a irregular chest beat. Yeah. So what, what's going on? And this is what they told me. And this is when you know that medical professionals are flat out lying to your face, they said, oh, she's a unicorn case. We can't figure it out. So what does that tell you? It means they know that they're screwing up. Yeah. And I go and I check when they when they leave the station, the little roll, roller cart nursing station. Because right. I mean, how many times is in law enforcement do you go to the hospital and you're like, you learn how to read these things. I go and I check and I see that there's a, a, a decrease in her heart rate hypotension at two distinct points. One was like at 11 something right after she was administered, which is usually indicative of new medications being introduced to her body. And another one right at three, three o'clock or whenever my father had called me that she'd take it a turn for the worse. Right? right. So they had introduced medications to her body that she didn't need if they caused her to go hypertensive when she's never been hypotensive throughout this whole ordeal. Well, I'm highly suspicious that they may have even introduced remdesivir at those points. Right. Because remdesivir has a, much like people getting myocarditis from the RNA gene therapy, um, remdesivir can also cause 
immediate reactions that are similar to myocarditis, right? If it doesn't attack your kidneys and stuff first, it can go straight to your heart when it's injected straight into the bloodstream through IV. So what ends up happening is she had basically coded. She coded blue twice. And nobody ever thought to call me when it happened the first time at 11-something. Cover up? Maybe. They didn't call me at 3 o'clock when it happened. My father-in-law had to call me. Meanwhile, I'm the only person who legally has any right to make medical decisions for my wife. So now it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and this nurse comes up to me. She goes, oh, the doctor wants to give her remdesivir. I said, absolutely not. In fact, has your doctor talked to our doctor yet? Because I'm pretty sure our doctor would say no. So she said, well, he's trying to call him right now. And then I'm on the phone with my doctor. Yeah. When the nurse comes back and goes, the, doctor, the cardiologist just talked to your doctor, and he okayed remdesivir. Excuse me, sir, did you just okay remdesivir? He said, I didn't okay remdesivir. He said, but at this point, like, and he said some stuff that I just kind of ignored because I'm trying to figure out how did my doctor okay remdesivir if I'm on the phone with him at this moment? Right. He never said, hold on one second and beeped over. So they're just, again, arbitrarily administering whatever Slime. they want to do. Slime to you, yeah. And they basically tell me, well, she's already on three different vessel pressors, which when you go hypotensive, they give you a vessel presser to, to pump up your, your heart rate. And she was now at three, and each one of them was maxed out. So it wasn't that she was going hypotensive from any exacerbated COVID issues because she had some disease with heart or heart disease. It was that they kept pumping her full of more drugs, more drugs, more drugs, and they weren't treating the actual underlying condition of being dehydrated. But because she tested positive for COVID, because you can test positive up to 15, and now they're even saying up to 20 days later after full recovery, um, then that's what they started treating her for because why? things like the CARES Act, right? The CARES Act protects doctors from any kind of lawsuit or litigation or criminal um, charges if they did exactly what, you know, the the NIH and everybody prescribes to them. Do this and you're protected. So that's why he chose not to speak to the guys and tell them not to do those things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that perversely makes sense from their point of view. Right. So I, I literally sat there and watched them murder my wife and to add insult to injury at the point at five thirty in the morning when they said the only thing keeping her around anymore are the machines at that point i should have enacted the dnr and said hey we have dnrs at this point you need to you need to stop right but i think there was still a little glimmer of hope i'd literally been praying for nine hours straight only taking time to try to get the doctor's attention or try to like um back brief my mother-in-law on what was going on and i couldn't do it because I felt guilty with her parents standing over my shoulder. You know, I, I just, I couldn't say, hey, we have DNRs, we're done here. And I'm not blaming her parents for why I didn't do it. I mean, ultimately, it's my fault. I'm the man. I'm head of household. Um, I should have done it. I didn't. I, f I feel guilty about that to this day, but. You shouldn't, man. I know, I know, but it's hard. I mean, I just lost yeah. my soulmate, my spirit mate, yeah. my best friend, the mother of all my children. You know, she was never even pregnant before I came along. Like, everything we've done, we've done, it's always been together. Yeah. As How long first. were you guys married? So we were married for 11. Wow. Um, well, technically, we were married for 10 years, 300 and like, you know, 59 days. Our anniversary literally was on January 8th wow. for the 11-year mark. And then we were together for 13. Oh, brother, break but, my heart. Yeah, well. So much evil afoot. Absolutely. So so the remdesivir narrative, you know, it's, it's, it's experimental. Um, I, I know I heard... You know, Robert talking about it in that last podcast you guys did. I think it was during the part two. And I've already been researching this stuff like crazy, talking to people about it. But, you know, they introduced it in 2009 mm -hmm. for RSV, which is some kind of a, 
uh, respiratory virus as an antiviral medication. Right. And up to 50% of the people who took it died yeah. as a direct result of the remdesivir. Okay. They reintroduced it in 2004. Which is, by the way, just not, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't it just work, it murders, right? <laughs> yeah. It kills, it's a murderer. Yeah. And so, it's a bad drug. All the way and that's why I don't ever refer to this as malpractice. I refer right. to this as malfeasance. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. On top of that, they reintroduced it after repurposing it in 2014 at the direction of an I, uh, a Fauci-led NIAH and everything because it's going to work against Ebola. And then what did they see? The same results. Yeah, killed a bunch of people. 25 to 50% of people were murdered by this drug. And then they decided to repurpose it again in 2020. To the point where just a couple months ago, they actually passed an experimental authorization right. that they now, now get to use it for emergency uses on children as young as five. Now, I know some of the details, and I don't want to get them wrong, but right. I mean, they have um, Fauci and his friends and the NIH and all that have financial interest in it. So there are rumors that there are definitely people in bed with each other financially where there are absolutely checks being cut back to these individuals yeah, when the, remdesivir is, yeah, is again, being purchased wanna, and used. You know, we we want to only speak in facts here, but but it is my understanding that there is too many too many connections right. there, which um, you know again, hey, this is this is an opportunity, right, you know, uh, for them, and we do know that the hospitals themselves, um, you know, get uh, pretty high reimbursement rates. Um, if they are using remdesivir, right. if they're doing certain protocols, again, there's you know financial right. protection or protection from them so it's uh, about from f- government agencies, and then they get money on top right. of it. For, it sounds like for it'd be upwards of protocol. Like, it sounds like it'd be up to like upwards of like thirty thousand dollars a day. So typically, yeah. you know, you see these remdesivir cases, and these people make it like nine or ten days. Yeah, but what I believe they did with my wife was they like they supercharged it. They, they started hitting her with vessel pressors and they started hitting her with remdesivir and right. in nine hours it was it was like that's the fastest case um of a perfectly healthy person right dying of covid right, right. usually like i said you get yeah I, I was uh on the way here um to to sit down with you i was telling my wife of you know about who you were and that we met and and that was my wife's comment oh yeah i'm sure they cl- they cl- uh, classified her as a covid death right of course yeah well, they yeah. used myocarditis as the first one. Right. And then there was a second one, which is synonymous with myocarditis, basically heart attack, right? Right. And then the third one was by exacerbation of COVID-19. Yeah. So the cardiologist at the hospital claimed that my wife had congenital heart disease. So let me give a little history to the viewers and to you about my wife's history. Um, medically, she's never been medically diagnosed with anything whatsoever except for a mild allergy to amoxicillin when she was like very young well and at her fitness levels what she was doing every day if there was a um, any kind of heart issue especially with all the high intensity stuff uh, she's doing i mean that's how you find that out absolutely quickly Uh, you you put you because you're you know maxing out your heart rate on a regular basis so if there's any irregularities or any issues whatsoever it's going to be sussed out absolutely and then you see uh you know you hear these stories about professional football players basketball players college football basketball players high school football basketball players whatnot soccer players volleyball players softball players track and field runners and competitors and they're passing out on the sidelines or the side of the track or side court side right 
and then all of a sudden and then you later you later well i'm talking about even before even before the 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 rna gene therapy it's it was few and far between it was seldom that these are the people who had slipped through the cracks with congenital heart disease congenital heart disease is something that you have from birth and it takes a minimum of two or more flaws within your heart system your cardio system your cardiovascular system to be exact to be diagnosed with congenital heart disease it's got to be from birth and you have to have you have to have two or more flaws or issues with your cardiovascular yeah. system, yeah. Primarily like heart valves and stuff like that. So these these kids who have passed out and all this stuff before all this shot stuff um, would later be diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And for some reason they had slipped through the cracks. But as they started entering into puberty, and there's a lot more wear and tear and and drive on the heart, it manifested itself um, and it broke to the strain. And then you find out okay they have heart problems. Well, my wife was playing soccer, volleyball, softball all yeah. through high school. And then she played uh, sports and co-ed sports, um, not collegiately, but while in college, on like outside of college leagues. And then she was an avid kickboxer when she returned back to Southern California from SFSU. Right. I'm telling you right now, and you know, you do yeah. jujitsu, you know, I did judo, boxing and wrestling. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not 21, 22, 23, 24 kickboxing with congenital heart disease no 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 i mean it's but yes it's an impossibility you getting you know i mean winded and, yeah. and you know and at 39 years old you know that's that's plenty of time for any sort of issues that you've right. been dealing with and your youth has been masking they'll right. manifest them, themselves exactly yeah um so my wife even would work out in her first and second time i mean we were pregnant seven times yeah so i always tell people i have seven children four with my wife and three are with me I think yeah. she got the 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 more horrible end of the deal because she's dealing with four by herself. I've only got the three, uh, and I cute. still got her mom helping out. It's a so, sweet thought, man. Right. So I mean, uh, one day, you know, through rapture or rupture, like I'll be reunited with my wife and all seven children. Amen. Thank you. But um, but like she would work out through the second trimester, and then she'd ease off. She right. she'd ease down and off by the third trimester, um, especially with all the miscarriages we had, which. The, those weren't even those weren't even on her. Like the miscarriages were actually on me, um, because well, I don't want to get too much into specifics, but it was because of something that I did that caused the 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 baby not to be viable. Because we had the last baby tested, and apparently I have the ability to um, fertilize one egg with two of my guys simultaneously. So that led to a bunch of our miscarriages, most likely. Oh wow! Yeah, so. You know, it wasn't even her that was that was the issue for the miscarriage. Right. It was actually me. Right. So now you start to see this pattern, this pattern within her life, right. and throughout her thirty nine years, um, where I mean, she's like a beast. Yeah, they literally called her that at the gym. They actually have the beast of the month, and they would just call my wife Beast Mode. Right. You know, and and like I said, Les Mills. I mean, to be a Les Mills certified personal trainer, like that's hardcore too. And she was putting men personal trainers to shame. Yeah. You know, she had an ongoing. Um, an ongoing thing with one of the male trainers at the camp where she would work out, not as a trainer, but work out right, right. as a workout E. A rivalry. And she would literally be like, hey, uh, so how are you going to try to challenge me today? Yeah. You know, and it became a thing, right? And it was like, he can't break her. He just, awesome. couldn't, he just awesome. couldn't break her. Yeah. But but congenital heart disease. You know what I'm saying, Bryce? Yeah. Congenital yeah. heart disease. So the the hospitals, the doctors, any medical professionals who were who were – circumventing those that have the right to make legal medical decisions and arbitrarily doing whatever they want on their own are complicit in any death that happens at the hospital. 
and and that's that's murder, you know. And and I know I, I spoke with Robert once before, Doctor Yoho, and like him and I are both in agreement, right? That's murder if you can stop it. Listen, I think don't. there's going to be some judgment, and um, you know they they may not we we may not be able to see justice in this life, right? But there's people that uh, you know I think they're going to account for these things. Oh, I know they made these decisions. You know, based on finance and based on, you know, just going along like, you know, them like the Nazi doctors. Yep, Nuremberg. Yeah, just going along with it. Well, I guess this is what we're doing now kind of a thing. And right. uh, and I know, and, and you know, there are doctors out there listening to this that are engaged in these practices that are going along because this is what they're being told to do. You know, I, I know that there's some that, that in their heart, you know, they're bothered by it. Right. And, uh, and just like those abortion doctors that have woken up, you right. know, and, and and come to the realization of what they're doing, I hope these guys do. That's my prayer. I hope so too, and I do pray. And, and I and I'm not quite ready to forgive that doctor yet, but as a Christian, I know I'm going to have to forgive him. Yeah, hopefully Amen. before rapture or rupture. But I'll, I'll tell you, there's three principles that I live by as a Marine and, and as a soldier and as a law enforcement officer, right? And it was never do anything, even under duress or commandment that leads to an illegal, immoral, or unethical action on your own Amen. part. And as a first sergeant, as a platoon sergeant before that, and as a squad leader before that, and as a team leader before that, that is what I imparted on my troops at all times. I will never tell you to do something that I have not done or I'm not willing to do again. Yeah. And I will never command you or direct you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or unethical. Yeah, that's solid leadership right there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But why do we not see that? you know, transgressing into the medical field where now these people are, are yeah. I mean, they, they take a Hippocratic oath, right? Yeah. They, they promise to do only goodwill for people and they're willingly doing well, things that are against know, that. Well, look, know? we, we abandoned those oaths when doctors started doing abortions. We right. abandoned, um, you know, the, the morality that we were right. being guided by. We abandoned our constitution, Correct. you know, um, and I'm, and I pray that uh, that you know we will be united under all of those things. And I do think that there is this um, you know great awakening that's happening. You know, I think it would it'd be our third or fourth great awakening in this country. <laughs> right. Um, and I do think that that's happening because I, I see things that are encouraging me more every day. Right. You know, where people are waking up and and participating and seeing that oh wait this is wrong and it will be those you know those founding principles you know that that oh by the way you know most of them have you know this mm. thread to the bible right. and and you know biblical principle and god's laws and and you know i i think that that will be the the you know banners under which we unite true i'm, I'm curious to see if we get to the great awakening you know in a, in a full mass scale yeah. before the great reset you know, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a race, man. It, it really I, is. I do. I do with the really, spinning up of everything. I think about on. it all the time. You know that it is a that it is a race, and you know I know. That, I mean that's why you know Rob McCoy is out. You know our our, our pastor running around the country. Right. I mean you know he talks about it. he's ne he's never you know worked as hard as he's working now, and you know he's you know getting in front of all these pastors and all these, you know, men of faith, um, you know, and getting them to courageously stand up Amen. and wake up and, you know, the, um, the, uh, 
we are playing catch up because the left has been undermining, you know, God's principles right, and relentless. laws and our constitution and the founding of this great country. They've been doing it for 40 plus oh, years. You go further back than that, brother. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, evil is always, right. I mean, since the founding I mean, we can go uh, back of to, our country. We can go back to FDR, know. really. I mean, FDR yeah, is Yeah, well, since the, the founding catalyst. of our country, there's, you know, there were evil forces that, that saw. I mean, you know, we, we have a, you know, a, a pretty gnarly enemy, and that enemy is, uh, you know, the, the architect of a lot of these things and, right. you know, p- tapping into the evil and sin that is in our hearts. And, uh, and we're now playing catch up true you know um and and i i sat with a pastor the other day um you know who i who i never really knew well but i'd um, you know met him a few times attended church that he was a part of you know many years ago and and he kind of looked at me um you know they remained pretty closed and you know c- compliant and all that stuff during this time but then all of a sudden you know it's like he's woken up just recently right. you know and he's looking at like hey i gotta talk about these things now you know, so he's, uh, you know, his his eyes are, are are opening, and I know Rob is working his his butt off along with Charlie Kirk and right. you know and numerous others, you know, running around and, and getting people. Now you, um, uh, by the way, uh, for for our audience, I mean, you're part of Jack Hibbs, right? I'm, a, I'm, so, a, I'm of the Jack Hibbs yeah. flock. I'm very proud of that. I don't shy away from that at all. Yeah, In fact, well, just Sunday he said things that. So we've we've had conversations yeah. before, and he. I, I'm not taking any credit for this, but he was saying things that I, I would have sworn he was channeling from us because he came out and he said it in full force. And what he said was, it was amazing to hear. Yeah, You know, I mean, he, he's talking about, you know, Vladimir Zelensky was a member of the, uh, well, the, there's a global leaders yeah, con- like a congregation yeah, the, that falls the, under like yeah, the, the World the, Economic Forum yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Young Global Le- right. Leaders Alliance. Right, the Young and, you know, Global folks, Leaders yeah. Alliance. And, and Zelensky's one of them. Yeah. So then you got to question, well, then what's really going on in Ukraine and Russia? Yeah. Now, I don't think Vladimir Putin's like this great dude. No, no, he's not. You know, and I keep saying that you listen, bad, bad dudes, you know, don't are, always are, do bad, bad things. Bad dudes are, are um, everywhere. And, <laughs> right. and, you know, he's a thug and he's he is absolutely he's, he's a, a monster. Uh, he's a wicked man. Um, but he's he's not down with the globalist aims, right? So he's in conflict with. He's with very them. anti one world order. Yeah, he's very he's in conflict with them. You uh, won't see any sure. RFID chips making their way to Russia anytime no, soon. No, they're not down with it. Um, but you know, again, that doesn't excuse you know all, all the the wickedness that is in Putin. Right. And by saying that, hey, there's something going on that's corrupt with the Ukraine, and there's something strange about how these people are all united under let's go to war with Ukraine. Right. Um, you know, all the same people that were masking yep. us up and everything from masks to flags you need to you need to question it all you need to look right. at it and and um and be you know making fair assessments of the the world and the no, evil and the corruption that's going on so and with that said because i know we're, we're running short on time but i'll tell you this before in closing um just remember emergency use authorizations right eua's cannot exist if there's other um remedies accessible and easily accessible yeah. so when there was hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and all these other medications or methods that would have been uh, that could have been used to properly treat um, pre-onset or immediate onset of COVID-19, that couldn't be a thing. The, the left had to create a narrative that destroyed the, you know, uh, what was it? Horse tranquilizer yeah. or all these, or dewormer. Horse, dewormer. horse dewormers yeah. and stuff, right? Well, that's fine. Ivermectin could be used as a horse dewormer, but that doesn't take away its primary function. That's yeah. why it won a Pulitzer, right? Or all these other uh, prizes and stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, though, they had to de- they had to basically derail these other medications to be able to bring in 
Pfizer's and Moderna's and Johnson and Johnson's RNA treatment, right? Yeah, because you can only have that emergency use authorization right. if there's not any other forms of treatment right. available. Exactly. You know? and if you're, so they had to play that game, and and you know it was all money driven because ivermectin is pennies on the dollar. Right. So what is it? It's Cominardi or Cominardi? Something. There's a there's a there's a batch number from I believe Pfizer called. Which is the one that makes BioNTech? Pfizer. Pfizer makes BioNTech. BioNTech did a different batch called Corminati. It's only available in countries outside of the U.S. And that's the only one that is actually FDA approved for use. But we won't see it in the U.S. because the minute that Corminati makes its entrance into the U.S., they they have to get rid of the other three. And you know how many billions of dollars they lose for that. So if it's about protecting in health, then why are we not allowing the actual FDA approved one to go to the military or anybody else that's being mandated to get a vaccine? Food for thought. Well, because there's evil actors in charge of this. Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Well, listen, brother, I, yeah, I'm particularly proud of myself in this conversation because I was able to stuff down all my tears. Oh, but, well, uh, me man, too. Man, my, my heart just uh, um, really is so sad for you and what you've been through. And Thank and, you, brother. Um, I appreciate you know, it. So sorry for that. And, um, man, uh, I'm glad it brought us together because I feel Absolutely. like we're buddies and, you know, look yeah, forward you're to like getting a, to know you better. I would say older brother, but I don't want to, again, I don't want to date who's older here. I think I'm a shorter brother. Shorter brother? Yeah, shorter brother. Okay, that's even better. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to have you on. And uh, how how can the you know people help you? Is there you know anything that you're doing? I mean, I know you're working on a couple things. Maybe you can tease, and we can have you come back on when it's ready to go. No, absolutely. So I I am working on something. Um, There's a logo already designed. I designed it. Well, it was finished before my wife's service, even in January. But there's going to be a a memorial foundation and what that's going to be for really is to bring awareness for third party and private autopsies. Mm-hmm. Cause I went and got an autopsy done right. because nobody will do it in the hospitals anymore. Yeah. Perfectly healthy woman passes away in a hospital that might and it was a unicorn though. and it was a yeah. unicorn case. Right. So no autopsy. So I, I got a third party autopsy because of my line of work. I know about these things. Um, and so the memorial foundation, which I'll, I'll reserve the name to, to just memorial foundation for now is going to be set up where we're going to probably be a, a 503 and be able to take donations to help pay for other people's ability to get autopsies. Right. Um, and this isn't just COVID. I mean, we're seeing a lot of wickedness in hospitals right now. Yeah. We're seeing a lot. Of, I mean, we just heard on the last podcast or a show with Robert and how the sheriff family and what happened to their daughter, like yeah. that's, that's sad to me. And so she should have gotten an autopsy for sure. Right. So this, yeah. this foundation will be a way for people to either be supplemented if they can't yeah. fully afford it or to pay outright so that they can get these autopsies to get the answers that the hospitals are trying yeah, give, to subs- give power back to people. Well, absolutely. I can tell you accountable. I mean, that's not even the end of what they did to my wife as far as chest compressions and stuff for a whole another hour after they'd already declared, but that's all what a way to just destroy whatever evidence is left in the body. I mean, they, they, they beat and battered her so bad. Um, and then left her on the table long enough for all the drugs to wear out that they couldn't even do a, a proper toxicology report on her to get what vessel pressers they had used. Yeah. Cause you know, you wait long enough and that stuff starts to dissipate, uh, dissipate in the body. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to un- unpack and unravel regarding my wife's case. Um, it breaks my heart every day. I don't, I mean, people go, Hey, you gotta go day by day. I'm like, did you know my wife? It's like a minute to minute thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to choke up now just thinking about all that stuff, but sorry, man. that Memorial foundation will be the way to help um, get the message out there that, we the people aren't taking medical malpractice or malfeasance lightly. Yeah. And that if we can't sue you individually, then we're going to get the evidence through autopsies that we need to be able to do that 
you know, I see myself working with Ryan Heath probably in the future as far as having him uh, send people to me maybe for like the autopsies once this Memorial Foundation is set up. So, yeah, well, again, and I, I want to leave people with hope, but that that um, the the connections that are being made right now in this time for for people, especially people of faith right. uh, to, to be, you know, fighting back in our communities, you know, against these evil actors Correct. that are, um, you know, seeking to dominate us and, ha- you know, have dominion over our lives and go after our sovereignty and, and uh, you know, uh, try to, you know, keep us so that we cannot you know, express our voices, express our faith, you right. know, all of that stuff is, uh, um, it, it's, it's terrible. And I'm so encouraged that, you know, we can come together and we can, you know, meet each other in these times, you know, and, and uh, you know, and have these packs of friendships and, you know, right. um, mutual cooperation and, uh, you know, fighting this great fight, man. Yeah. I appreciate you yeah. having me on Thanks for and coming on brother. I appreciate the time we get to spend and we get to fellowship a lot. So I appreciate that too. Yeah, yeah, no, amen. All right, thanks, bro. Well, thanks, folks. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy, and um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, good night.